It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 18th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will get you all set for game one of the NBA playoffs as the Orlando Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks. I will try to be brief today because I know the game is at 1.30 and the chances of you listening to a 30 or 40 minute podcast before then is very, very small. So we're going to try and be very, very brief except for this explanation explaining that I'll be brief um, as we get ready for game one. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. But search your gravity download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Milwaukee Bucks perspective on game one as they get ready to uh, begin their quest for a championship, just like the Magic are beginning their quest. Everyone is 16 wins away, except for the four teams that won on on Tuesday, on Monday. Um, you can check out Locked On Bucks. Download it wherever you download podcasts today. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It has been a long And sometimes rough season. It has been a season of frustration. It has been a season of some disappointment. When the Orlando Magic gathered together for the first time in September, largely the same crew that made the playoffs last year, they were ambitious. They believed they could advance, that they could improve their seating, that they could improve their record, that they could make noise in the Eastern Conference. Their failure to reach that goal, their failure to reach that level is certainly a discussion we will have in the offseason. But Steve Clifford has distilled the Magic's goals both upon entering the campus as well as at the beginning of the season as twofold. The first is to make the playoffs again. No one within the Magic organization and no one with, on that Magic team, especially guys who have been with this group for a long time, will take it for granted that they are in the playoffs. No one will take it for granted that they are going to the playoffs for a second straight year. And frankly, 
it doesn't feel like they take it for granted that they are disappointed in where they stand in the playoff picture. The Magic certainly want to do better. They want to be better. But they're not going to be too upset that they're in the playoffs. The second goal that Steve Clifford set out was for the team to be playing in a way that they could make an impact in the postseason. And whether the Magic have reached and achieved that goal is either undetermined or, frankly, probably not not where they need to be. Um, certainly, the Magic faced a very difficult task in the campus set in the campus uh, in the seeding round in the last two weeks, and they struggled with injuries. It was a reflection of really how their season went because the season was really derailed with injuries from the very start, whether it was Aaron Gordon or Nikola Vucevic or Michael Carter-Williams or Jonathan Isaac or DJ Augustine or, you know, all of them over again once they entered the campus. It has been rough for this team. It has been a roundabout way to get to the playoffs. But again, make no mistake about it. The Magic achieved something in getting back. And this day is something they've been waiting for since September. Uh, very excited. I mean, uh, you know, that's the best part of the NBA. Uh, this is, you know, I just want to be with Switch play for you know, all season long. And, uh, and I'm really glad to be back here second season in a row. Uh, and especially for me after, you know, six years of, you know, not really you having a chance. Uh, so, you know, it means a great deal. So hopefully we can... Uh, I'll do something special this year. I'll we'll take it one game at a time, of course. You know, we get against a great opponent, but uh, no, we, uh, we're going to try to go out there and uh, do our best. The playoffs, of course, have brought a special focus on Nikola Vucevic. He is a lightning rod among some Magic fans, for sure, and the whole reason is both those six years that he was the face of a, frankly, losing franchise, and secondly, his frustration in the playoffs last season. After averaging 20 points per game and grabbing 12 rebounds per game with 54.9% effective field goal percentage, his average dropped to 11.2 points per game and 8 rebounds per game on a 38.8% effective field goal percentage in the playoffs. To say the least, the playoffs were a disaster for Nikola Vucevic, and frankly, he has had to live that down this entire season. For... Almost, for almost no other player, nothing has mattered more than getting back to this point. Than getting back to this opportunity to prove himself on this stage. I sat here last week after the Orlando Magic lost to the Brooklyn Nets and essentially you know, called him out and said, for the match to succeed, they need Nikola Vucevic to lead them. They need his aggression from the start. They need him to be assertive. They need him to make shots. They need him to rise to the occasion. That is something he did not do last year when the physicality that Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka and just the swarming defense that the Toronto Raptors used just completely bottled him up. And again, you know, maybe these are shortcomings we always knew about him, but the playoffs certainly draw this stuff out. Vucevic can execute at a regular season level. It's now time to see if he can execute on a playoff level. Like the rest of the team, Nikola Vucevic has been waiting for this opportunity has been waiting for this chance, waiting for this stage to return, to come back to him. This is what the entire season has been about. 
The entire season has been about getting to this point. All the frustration, all the ups and downs. The Magic earned their way back here. They might have backed their way in. I'm not, I'm not going to deny it. They, 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 they are certainly disappointed with the final result. And when we take a step back in the offseason and evaluate this season, it will be impossible to ignore those frustrations and that disappointment. This is not to deny that. The team did not meet expectations this year. They were on track with their win percentage. They'd be on track to win 37 games. I would be willing to bump that up to 40 if they had finished the schedule. You know, again, they might have finished with the same record that they had last year with the schedule that they had coming down the stretch. Very possible. And I think for sure they would have finished seventh. But that's not how the season ended. And as we saw in the seeding round, and as we're probably going to see in the playoffs, there will be big questions to answer about this team. And yes, of course, the future is a little bit murkier now without Jonathan Isaac in the fold. But none of those questions matter now. Everyone, as I will again say when the season ends, everyone is 0-0 to start a playoff series. All that matters is that you line up against the team against you and the first one to four wins. It's going to be a hard task to get to those four wins. It's going to be very, very difficult. But to be sure, this is the stage the Magic have wanted. This is the stage they have worked so hard to get to. And everything about this season, frankly, the regular season, only would have mattered if the Magic would have climbed to sixth or fifth or whatever and played a more competitive series. Even if the Magic, even if the Magic had climbed to sixth, even if the Magic were competing for home court advantage. How we viewed this season would only change if the Magic competed in the playoffs. If the Magic had a competitive playoff series where they actually had a chance to win. Same's going to be true now, even against the Milwaukee Bucks as an eight seed. Yes, we want to see the Magic get a game again. Force the Bucks to five. Play a series where they don't get blown out in their four losses. Because frankly, only one of the Magic's losses in last year's playoffs was close. Game three. We want to see the Magic make progress. And progress is measured in the playoffs. And we're finally there. All the questions we've had about this season will get answered in the next four to seven games. And from there, we can really begin making the evaluations we need to make. But it all starts with game one. The thing that we talked about the first night, our opening meeting was uh, to be a playoff team and to be playing in a manner where we could be a factor. And so, so far, you know, we've accomplished that goal. Um, these late season injuries here, I uh, can't lie, have uh, not, from a, not from an attitudinal or effort uh, or approach, general approach, you know, we're just not 100% yet. We're getting closer. Uh, but definitely the injuries, you, you know, have, have hurt us in that regard a little bit. But I, I love the guy's attitude, and I think we'll be ready to play well tomorrow. Game one is at 1.30 on a Tuesday. And, you know, from, you know if, you're, if you're like me, well, you're probably not like me because, you know, I got a 12 o'clock presser. Uh, and then I got to sit down and get ready for the game at 1.30. There's barely enough time to make lunch or, or, or to have a, a really satisfying meal. Plus, it's game one of the playoffs. It's 
election day. I'm, I'm a big believer in celebrating your vote. I'm going to try and get that trending, celebrate your vote. Um, it's primary day here in Central Florida, if you don't know, uh, on Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I voted last week last week in Malin. Um, I usually go get a hamburger after I vote. It makes me feel super, super American. Uh, now we got the playoffs. It, it, is, it is a time to celebrate. It is a time to kick back. It is a time to enjoy yourself. We've worked so hard all year long to see our team in the playoffs. Well, they've worked hard. We've watched very hard uh, to, to see the team in the playoffs. And it is the perfect time to order in. A 1.30 tip-off is an awkward time indeed. And that's why I'm going to call up DoorDash. DoorDash is my go-to, uh, go-to place for uh, deliver, for meal delivery uh, and online meal delivery uh, here in Central Florida and, and wherever I go. It is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. With more than 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. I usually hit up Five Guys because Five Guys is... So there's always a Five Guys right by my polling place. So that, that's usually my go-to election burger. Just just, just a heads up there. Um, if, and if they want to send me a free bag of fries, I'd be for that too. Uh, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now... Our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That sounds like a game one victory to me. That's $5 off your your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Like I said, I don't want to spend so much time on this podcast today because obviously we've got a 1.30 tip-off. I'm hoping to have a recap podcast for Game 1 up on Tuesday evening. I'm hoping around dinner time, so probably in the 5, 6 o'clock is probably when I'll record. So if you're looking for my reaction from Game 1, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. I'll, do a lot, I'll be live tweeting the game uh, as we watch it. As we watch it. Um, I'll also be sitting in the press conference. i got to write stuff for Orlando Magic Daily. So it's going to be a busy, busy afternoon for me with the game ending probably around 4 or so. I'm hoping that I'll be able to record a, a quick recap podcast, um, you know, my usual kind of recap podcast, uh, around 7, 8, 8 o'clock now that I'm thinking about it. it it's probably going to come out at the normal time anyway. But I'm going to try and get that up early for you guys um, uh, because I'm sure you guys want to know what I think about Game 1. Um, so again, follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. is going to be the best place to get my thoughts on Game 1. And of course, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. With the time that we do have here, because we don't have a lot of time before the game starts, 
Uh, I wanted to go over some of the keys, I think, that are going to be really important in Game 1, and, and Game 1 specifically. Um, this is, you know, I, I've been diving into this matchup a lot. I've been reading a lot about the Bucks. You know, obviously the Bucks are a very, very good team. It's going to be an extremely difficult matchup for the Orlando Magic, and, and nothing is going to be easy here. Um, but there, there are, as I've do, do, dived into this matchup a little bit more, I do think that there are areas that the Magic can attack, and I do think that there are things that the Magic can do to give themselves a real chance to to win games. And, you know, we're not talking about the series quite yet. they got to win one game first, and then we can talk about winning a second game and, and what they can do more consistently. The Magic had some bad showings against the Bucks this year. Some really bad showings. Um, they had some moments where they looked overwhelmed by a more talented team. But there were also moments where the Magic really competed and the Magic kind of held water at the very least or got themselves back into a game that had gotten a little bit out of control. So I think with a little bit more focus and I think with a little bit more intensity, they can certainly compete in this series. The other big thing, the Orlando Magic played all four games against the Milwaukee Bucks before the All-Star break. Certainly Markel Fultz was starting to kind of come into his own a little bit before the All-Star break. But the Magic played the Bucks essentially before they really discovered themselves. And they really found that what worked for them offensively after the All-Star break. Granted, their defense took a nosedive off a cliff and it still hasn't quite recovered, which is certainly a cause for concern. But again, the playoffs are different than the regular season. I, you know, If you know me, I am a big believer that there should be a quote-unquote regular season trophy. Um, you know, I do believe that that the regular season is a different animal than the postseason. The the skills that are required for the postseason are very different, and I think we're going to see a little bit of that as the Magic are going to be able to key in on what the Bucs do. Um, They're going to have a game plan to stop it, and the question will be whether they can execute that game plan. I think the biggest key to this game, biggest key to Game 1 especially, is the Magic have to get off to a good start. This was a huge problem for the team during the seeding round against quality opponents. The Indiana Pacers came out and blitzed the Magic. They hit, what, seven three-pointers in that first quarter. They scored 40 points. The game was essentially over before the fi- before the end of the first quarter. It's not that the Magic played particularly poorly. They missed some open shots in that game that probably would have stemmed the tide. But they let Indiana get out in transition. They let Indiana score. Uh, and they were never truly able to recover. They made it interesting. They, they, the score was respectable. It was, what, an 11-point deficit? But they were never truly in that game. The same thing happened the next time out against the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors' defense stifled the Magic. They built, what, I think a 15-point lead in the first quarter, and the game was essentially over. The Magic, I think, got it down to, what, eight in the the fourth quarter, but they were never truly threatening that game. It's the old golf adage. You can't win a tournament in the first round, but you can definitely lose it in the first round. Steve Clifford has said throughout the entire season, Game, you know, if you only think that the NBA is a fourth quarter league, you are dead wrong. And he is 100% correct on this. The first quarter determines a lot of the tempo of the game. As much as teams like to ease into the first quarter sometimes, having control of the game, having the lead early is definitely correlative with winning the game at the end. Especially if you're down big. I'm not asking here that the Magic win the first quarter. They don't have to, you know, score 30 points right off the bat. And, and be up by 15. That's not what we're asking for here. The Magic just have to be competitive. They have to stem the tide of any early wave that the Bucks are going to send them. There's no home court advantage, so there probably won't be that big of a rush. That won't be that big of a rush. 
but they've got to be come they've got to come out focused and ready to play from the start. They got to let the Bucks know most of all that they are here to play. That they are not going to be they're not going to roll over, they're not going to get swept. They're not going to be a team that they can just play around with, goof off with for four games and move on to the next round. From a confidence standpoint too, it is 100% vital that the Magic play well to start because it's proof of concept that this works. Our game plan works. We can stop. And most importantly, we can compete with this team. If the Magic lose the game late because they run out of gas or they just can't hit shots, that you can live with. As long as you have the proof of concept that what you're doing works. That what you're doing can keep you in this series and give you a chance to win. The first quarter of this game, those first 12 minutes are going to be big. Because like I said, you can't win the game in the first quarter. You can certainly lose it. And when the stakes are this high, when the the curve is this steep, and there's this little time to make major adjustments... The Magic need to be ready to play from the start. They cannot mess this up if they want a chance to win this series. We talked a little bit about the second point um, in the last segment. Um, I think a big part of this this series is going to be Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, I've got a lot of different guys that I think have to step up. You know, Marco Fultz certainly I think has to step up. We'll talk about Aaron Gordon here in a little bit. Uh, I expect Evan Fournier to be pretty solid as, as a shooter in this, in this series as well. Um, but, you know, Nikola Vucevic has said... He wants to play better. He wants to be better in the postseason. He's got to deliver. Um, he is the magic star, whether you want him to be or not. He is a guy that's going to have such a big impact on this game. You know, uh, The Athletic did a fantastic piece breaking down how Brook Lopez has turned himself into one of the best defenders in the league and is you know a real big pivot point for this Bucks defense. They give up the fewest points in the paint in the entire league, and it's by a significant margin. You do not score at the rim or in the paint against them. So a big thing the Magic have to do is they have to be able to pull Brook Lopez out of the paint because he literally just camps out there. He tags cutters. He 2.9s a lot. He he is very, very smart as a defender. He retreats to the basket. He's a good shot blocker. He's very physical. It's going to be tough to score in the paint. And so a big part of the Magic strategy, I think, is something that plays right into Nikola Vucevic's hands. They're going to tell him, pop. Go to the short corner. Don't crash the basket. Stay wide. Force Brooke Lopez to come out and defend you. Hit that short mid-range jumper. That's what Nikola Vucevic loves to do anyway. Um, if, 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 the, if Vucevic has big games, if he's able to do these things, the Bucks are going to have to change their defensive strategy a little bit. And that's going to open things up for Gordon to cut to the basket, for Fournier to cut to the basket. It's going to open up the pick and roll a little bit um, if they have to constantly worry about Vucevic short rolling uh, to the corner or short rolling uh, to the elbow or short rolling somewhere where the defense is a little bit weaker because Milwaukee's going to compress the paint. Their strategy is don't give up point paints uh, or paint points. They give up a lot of threes because of that, which we'll talk about here in a moment, but they are trying very, very hard to prevent points in the paint and you know contest those shots, contest those mid-range floaters and jumpers so they can get out and transition very, very quickly because uh, everyone is kind of lined up and ready to roll once they get that rebound. Vucevic has to have a big series. Um, I, I think Gordon's going to struggle against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Marco Fultz could, should have some moments against Eric Bledsoe, uh, especially if he also takes mid-range jumpers and is able to hit from the mid-range too. Milwaukee, again, Milwaukee's a good defense. So you're, you're getting tough shots against them. Um, and Evan Fournier is going to have to find a way to get going too, but it all always starts with Nikola Vucevic. We'll hit on, on some other key keys to this game coming up in just a moment. But first... 
first, your car is your baby. You know, you're not going to be driving your car tomorrow because we'll all be inside watching the Magic game, but your car is your baby and you've got to take care of it, especially in this Florida heat, especially with Florida because Florida is such a driving state. And that's why you should go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. You go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, kind of building off that Vucevic point. You know, because short rolls, mid-range jumpers are going to be really, really key. This Bucks defense is really good. Like, even if you get those mid-range jumpers, those are the shots the Bucks want you to take. And you got to make them pay for it. And the Magic have some good mid-range jump shooters in Vucevic, in Fournier, in Marco Fultz. Even Tertrasse is pretty good if you can get him coming off screens. Um, it, it's it's going to be a task here to get open shots and to get quality looks and to get the kind of looks that the Magic need because they aren't a great shooting team. But one thing that is worth pointing out is there is a big weakness in the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's a weakness that the Magic have exploited to a sense this season. The Milwaukee Bucks give up the most three-point attempts per game in the league. Some of that is certainly probably rush three-point shots or, 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 or something like that. Um, it, it's 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 hard to define why the Bucks are so good so good defensively you know elite defensively the best defensive team in the league by a fairly wide margin, uh, but they give up so many three pointers it's a little counterintuitive. A lot of that is because the Bucks just do not give up points in the paint. Like I said, that is the crux of their defense. You do not get easy shots. They will take their chances with you making and hitting threes. So then why if why did the Magic lose their games with the Bucks by an average of 17 points? A lot of that is because the Magic just didn't make shots. And not only did make shots, didn't make open shots. 
Orlando actually made 41% of their three-pointers against the Bucs this season. So they were fairly efficient on three-pointers. It kept them in a lot of games or got them back into a lot of games. And they got plenty of open looks. According to NBA.com's tracking stats, the Magic took 72 wide-open three-pointers. That's where the closest defender is more than six feet away. 72 wide-open three-point attempts for 18 per game. That's pretty good. Getting 18 wide-open three-point attempts, you expect to make six, seven, maybe eight of them? Eight's probably a little high. Six or seven would be a good number. The Magic made only 29.2% of those attempts. Just 29.2. Not good, Bob. Similarly, the Magic made only 14 of 42. It's more than 10 per game of their open three-point attempts, where the closest defender is four to six feet away. Essentially then, the Magic got roughly 28 open three-point attempts, where the closest defender is four or more feet away against the Milwaukee Bucks. And of course, they just managed to miss a ton of those shots. Shooting well less than 35% on those three-pointers. They missed open three-pointers against the Bucs, and it killed them every single time. Because again, the margin for error is very, very small here. And a big part of it is you miss open threes, you give up transition points, and that's going to be another big key is the Magic have to stop the Bucs in transition. Magic usually very good at that, only giving up 11.9 points per game on fast breaks this season. They're fourth in the league. But against the Bucs, they gave up 19. Eight-point difference is huge. The Bucs were able to run off the Magic's missed shots and bury them in a hole because the Magic could hit shots on the other end. The Magic's offense is going to be their greatest defense here. So if the Magic are able to get these open three-pointers, they have got to make them. It's simple. Make shots, you win. It's that simple. But that's not what the Magic did against the Bucs during the regular season. So to me, this is a big key. I think the Magic are going to be able to get mid-range shots. I think the Magic are going to be able to get a lot of their mid-range shooters quality shots. But that's to set up their three-pointers. And Steve Clifford's been big on this. He said the Magic can't just be chucking up threes. They can't just be uh, taking the first good three that they get or the first three that they get. It's got to be about kickouts. It's got to be about touching the paint and kicking out, getting the defense to collapse and kicking out to open threes. Those are quality three-point looks. And those are probably not the looks that the Magic got in these situations. Or if they were, they missed a ton of them. So maybe that's why there's a little bit of a reason of op- for optimism, especially if the Magic are playing at a faster pace, a little bit more rhythm. Uh, maybe they'll get a better look from beyond the arc. It's a big, big piece of this puzzle. But finally, the big, big key and the big point that I think the Magic have to get is Aaron Gordon has to be healthy to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. He actually did a decent job against Giannis this year. I, be- I believe I looked at the stats. Uh, Giannis only shot 8 for 21 when Gordon was defending him, according to NBA.com. And of course, Giannis had like five turnovers per game against the Magic uh, this in the season series. So Orlando, you know, actually did a good job. And I think, you know, I watched some tape on it just to get a sense of this. Gordon does a good job staying very disciplined and, and staying down, just like he did against Kawhi Leonard last year. He did a very good job kind of forcing Giannis to turn, take, taking him away from the basket, and kind of holding his position. And honestly, Giannis kind of took some of the bait. He tried to post up Gordon, and Gordon did a very good job holding his ground and keeping Giannis from getting to the basket, you know, spinning middle or spinning to his spots to get good looks. 
Gordon can play good defense against Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's the only guy on this team right now that probably can, that probably has the strength and speed combination to match up with him effectively. But of course, Gordon's got to be healthy. He's currently listed as questionable for the game as of Monday night. Um, He participated in practice Sunday and Monday, but the Magic did not do contact in either of those practices. Uh, And he's still listed as uh, questionable and day-to-day. I imagine if he is, unless his hamstring is in really bad shape, he is going to play on Tuesday. It is the playoffs. He is going to play. Um, And I think he will be very, very important. I'm not expecting him to score a ton. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll see a repeat of last year where he was just a offensive machine. You know, maybe a game of that. I think his focus will be on the defensive end and slowing down Giannis and doing the best he can to keep the MVP off the board. And that's not going to be easy. Giannis is still probably going to average 25, 26 points per game. But you got to make him work. You got to make it hard. You got to make him inefficient. You got to make him turn the ball over. You got to make him turn. You got to again. You just got to make him work. That's the goal. That's what I think the Magic did really well against Kawhi Leonard last year with Gordon. Um, you know, they'll send doubles. They'll send help. But Gordon's going to have to be disciplined and, and he's going to have to stay out of foul trouble to give this team a chance because, you know, God love Gary Clark. I think he'll, I think he tries. I think he'll give a good effort, but he, he, is, not ready, he is not capable of defending Giannis. Um, you know, Ken Birch might get a turn as well. I, I'm not confident he can defend Giannis, especially if Giannis takes the ball out to the perimeter and tries to get, get by him off the dribble. Um, it, it's, this is tough. I mean, certainly having Isaac and having Aminu would help this team a ton. It's the exact reason why they have those guys. Shoot, shoot, having Chuma Okiki would help a little bit in this, although we don't really know what Okiki is quite yet. This is a, this is a big, you know, this is this is a big matchup. Uh, if, if Gordon can slow down Giannis in any kind of way, the chances of the Magic getting a win uh, go up pretty significantly. Those are my keys to the Magic's Game 1 against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, go ahead and check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Tip-off is at 1.30 as the Orlando Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1 of the NBA playoffs. We'll be back again tomorrow to recap that game. I'm hoping, again, to have that podcast up uh, in the in the early evening, late afternoon. Uh, we'll see how things go with my writing and all that jazz, but uh, we will have full coverage of that game coming up. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.